We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2023. The hell is this called? The CJ Cup at Palmetto. So another new venue for the CJ Cup. And it's funny because CJ is sponsoring it, the Korean company. And this was going to be on Juju Island every single year. A no-cut event to start off the Asian swing. And now it's in South Carolina. It was in Vegas for like two years, I think. Maybe it was at Shearwood one of those years. Anyway, COVID screwed up the, this title sponsor of this tournament. Now it's in South Carolina, uh, where they have been once before for the Palmetto, stepping in for the Canadian Open two years ago. Garahigo won that year. If people remember, a lot of sand all around. Really cool golf course, by and large, like when you look at it. So a reminder to smash like for the episode. Uh, sub to Mayo Media Network, all that fun stuff. Download, rate, and review. Uh, we're doing more golf as the season comes to a close. Have a special giveaway for the rsm classic coming up in about a month's time as well so continue to go into that and fantasy golf degenerates monday evening on mayo media network for a more in-depth DraftKings breakdown of everything that's going on i want to talk a little bit about DraftKings. the pricing just came out i want to talk about some bets i want to talk about the course no better person to do that with than ryan noonan of betsperts.com go to bets we got a promo code of betsperts or what uh, four for four. If they want to get a betting subscription to four for four, you use uh, Noonan 10 and get you uh, 10% off. You can slide in the DMs. I might even be able to get you 25% off at this time of year. But why did I get the 10% off? I can get the 25% off. Uh, this is just for your audience. Oh. So 10% is out there in public. 25% is is for the uh, Mayo Media Network listeners. Well, there we are. So uh, the Listeners League for golf is gone until the new year, but there is a Listeners League for football, and that is now open. You get first crack at it, my loyal golf viewing audience. If you want to play in the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League, the link is down in the description right now. I'll be walking through with fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. You want like the fantasy national of football? 
runthesims.com slash mayo. Get yourself a discount. Uh, it has pure optimization, pure customization, betting, DFS, whatever you want. You can hop into that. Uh, where do you want to start with this? What do you remember about this course where he go one? Uh, yeah, like you said, long, uh, a lot of sand. And what is notable there too is because there is very little rough. So the sand plays just kind of natural. I think, as you mentioned too, similar to you know, what we saw in uh, a lot of these South Carolina courses. It's not actually a penalty. You can ground your club because it's just these natural runoffs. A lot of natural runoffs on the greens too. So short game comes into play. But when you look at the Palmetto leaderboard, it was bombers, bombers paradise. So a very long par 71 track, a lot of like long approach shots too. So like length matters. And this is not a typical birdie fast that we see here in the swing season. And similar to last week where we had at the Zozo, we have a pretty loaded field, 78 guys, no cut event. So like it's fun to go down the board and to get some literal bombs but like when you look at this field, it's hard to really think that one of these top guys isn't going to find their way through four rounds and, and compete. So, but it is a tough track, right? We, we've been dealing with a lot of this stuff that we get here where, you know, you need to get into the low 20s. I just don't think we see that here. Hey, did you watch much of the Zozo? Because the Zozo championship last week, it's funny because there was a Euro event. There was a live event. There was the yeah. PGA event. They're all on really wonky times for living in North America. I think it's the first tournament I didn't bet or play DraftKings on or even cover in years. I wasn't going to wake up in the middle of the night to watch Ricky Fowler blow it. I just didn't want to do it. Well, I feel responsible. I feel like I talked you out of it. You asked me, should I cover that tournament or should I cover the challenge? And I nudged you to do a challenge. So, which I think was probably the better way to go. I did watch a little just because it's like primetime golf which is pretty sweet. You know, you're like kids go to bed, wife falls asleep and I can turn on the golf channel and watch a little bit of uh, a little bit of, you know, Japanese golf. So uh, tough track as well. And it was a little decent. I didn't watch much Sunday because, you know, Saturday, Sunday is consumed with football stuff, but uh, I'm excited to get back into a normal schedule. Well, it actually worked out uh, a lot better for me last week, not doing the Zozo and doing the challenge instead. Cause I could film the challenge on Saturday I popped positive for COVID that day. And like Monday was, I didn't do anything on Monday. Like Monday was a bad day uh, for any productivity. It was just a lot of laying on the couch underneath of a blanket. So I wouldn't have done the show anyway. And then I just See? didn't feel like, like I didn't do any research. And I mean, I should have just tailed everyone who bet Keegan Bradley, I suppose. Did you bet him? I did not bet him. Um, I no, Yeah. I actually decided to go with the top of the board. I went, you know, I went Xander. I'm like, Hey, we got Xander in a, uh, back in Japan, you know, we get the good vibes from the Olympic medal. We know historically we love Xander in these no no cut events. Uh, did not come to fruition, and uh, I also bet Sahith, and we got a little tease on Sahith on a nice run on Sunday, and that came crashing down too. So yeah, no winners for me on the Zozo. Let's take a look back at what happened at the well the Palmetto Championship. You mentioned Higo won. Uh, he was 11 under par that week. And you can see he just kind of gained across the board. Uh, he was the only one of the guys like inside the top 10 who didn't gain a bunch around the greens. Johnny Vegas did. But you said there was a bunch of bombers. Like, I look at this. Yeah, there's bombers up there. But like, he goes not the biggest bomber. And this wasn't the strongest field at the same time. But, like, Hatton's not really a bomber. If Hatton could have made a putt that week, he would have won. So I, I'm not tied to the concept that you have to be like some sort of extraordinary length off the tee in order to win this tournament. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, there are, you know, the Ryan armors of the world who, you know, got red hot on Sunday and went seven under and found himself inside the top 10. But uh, because I think the layout of the course, because there is no rough, uh, because the fairways are pretty wide, 
uh, I think you just, you, you got, these guys are taking driver out a lot. You know, no one's really clubbing down to find the fairway here. We're not dealing with a ton of like trees or dog legs. So I think distance is going to be rewarded because even with hitting a lot of drivers, we're seeing a, when you look at like approaches from 250 plus, it's like, I don't know, thir- a third more than the typical event here. You know, not a lot of like short irons in basically anything from the 75 to 175 range is below tour average. So yeah, maybe you don't have to be a bomber here. You can obviously find almost any course for the most part, you can find a few guys that can mix in, but a lot of the guys at the top were, you know, guys who hit long that week. Uh, you don't have to be accurate at all. Cause like Higo was not, he was spraying it all over, but uh, you know, if you're have the rest of the game dialed in, you can find those irons too. I think you want to lean guys that are comfortable with the driver. So again, it's really hard. We have four rounds here, right? So it's, it's, it's hard to, to kind of feel like that's sticky statistically you know, even to look at it right now just like you know, sorting back through like driving distance gained uh, wilco ended up inside the top 15 so yeah. you know when he's up there it's usually going pretty well so you had wilco dustin and vegas as like the big big bombers even will gordon for that matter tane lee as well i remember he was up there i just remember this was a week i won a ton ton of money because i had a bunch of Higo, a bunch of hatton and bo van pelt was like my super sleeper of the week and he ended up coming inside the top five and for a moment i thought he was going to win i was like oh my god uh that didn't come to fruition but the second place was good enough from like a 6200 dollars bo van pelt that week i don't know why i liked him so much i think it's just the ball striking was off the charts so looking at it now like Higo gained Swafford gained, Hatton gained, Hadley barely gained, Redmond and Bo didn't. So uh, when we take took a look at like how they got there in terms of strokes gained, it was just all up. Like if you hit your approach as well here, like that's really going to be the key, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, it wasn't just that for Higo. I mean, the approach game was nice. Hatton's not a guy that we typically think about as a you know bomber per se. He was dialed in with the irons uh, and got himself there. Same thing with you know Doc Redmond, another guy that we don't always think of as you know, profile as a, as a bomber per se. So it's not shocking in any course, really, if you're kind of, di- you know, dialed in T to green, you're going to find yourself there. You know, Chesson Hadley's pretty much the only guy that kind of stands out as he did it mostly through putting, uh, could not do it on Sunday, collapsed in a big, big way, had this under control, if we can remember back to that one, but collapsed with a, a four over on Sunday. But uh, I still think when I'm kind of building a card and maybe building DraftKings lineups, you know, I'm probably going to lean that way because I just think you're going to give yourself the best shot uh, to get in, in closer to these pins because you're going to be farther away. Yeah, well, let's take a look at the breakdown of how this played out in 2021 just to see if we can get a sense of it. Like around the green, didn't really mean much. It was almost like a dead split between approach and off the tee amongst top 10 finishers. I don't know if I've ever seen the split that close, to tell you the truth. I wonder how, if we go to the top five, how more pronounced is. Now it's about even, so you can wait those about even. Par five scoring is huge. Here, uh, I mean, par four scoring meant relatively little, which this is just a weird course in general than just based on the profile. And maybe it's because, For like sure. you mentioned, we only have the four round sample of what's going on. But the average shot distribution, the plurality of shots coming from 200 plus you know, 175 to 200, 150 to 175. Like that's where the majority of your strokes, 150 plus. So there's not like a lot of wedges in. Like you had mentioned, the cut line was plus two in 2021. Obviously, there's no cut this week. Only 78 players. Driving accuracy way up. Greens of regulation way down, which is really strange. I guess it was easy to scramble. It was easier than your tour average event. But the green regulation was below tour average, yet around the green meant like absolutely nothing, which is strange. It is strange. And it is strange, unusual, too, when you have these places where we have like the short grass runoffs around the green, too. We typically see 
approach play or uh, around the green stuff matter a lot. And it just didn't hold up here last time. So again, super noisy because we just had the four rounds, but uh, that's kind of how it went last time. But yeah, I mean, you look at kind of the average strokes gained off the tee in a typical event. Um, this is almost double tour average. Um, and, and they had the longest average drive uh, on tour in 2021 when they played here. So um, I do think we're going to have to kind of lean that way. All right. So I want to take a look at the model that I used then. I mean, it worked, so might as well go back to it, right? Uh, strokes gained <laughs> off the tee, 25%. Approach 30, around the green 10, putting 10. So that gets us our four main ones. 450 to 500 yard par four, 10%. Proximity 200 plus 10%. And sand saves, 5%. Do you think there's anything you would throw into that? Like you can go with opportunities gained, but it doesn't strike me as a course where, like you said, like minus 20, maybe someone gets there. But the fact that no one got better than minus 11 last time, and I would assume that with the better players, maybe the course plays a little bit more difficult. Obviously, a different time of year that we're seeing this course too, months after that we saw it in the middle of summer. But I think I'm pretty good with, with rolling those out as the stats to look at. I think that's a pretty good point too. We are playing in a different time of year. Um, I think we want to maybe... Uh, maybe include three putt avoidance or, you know, bogey avoidance of some sort, because we do have some pretty large greens because we do have a large plurality of approaches coming from further out. As you mentioned, 200 plus, you know, you're probably going to have to be a pretty good lag putter. I think here, cause you're not going to be necessarily dialed in from like a lot of makeable putts. So I think maybe highlighting that and giving that a little bit of a look, maybe, like you said, maybe it's not something that you give a lot of weight into the model, but maybe you pull it anyway, just to kind of see who populates there and see how they kind of, you know, work with everything else that you're feeding into the model. I like that. They also, I'll throw a three putt avoidance on. I'm going to wait it at 0% just so I can have a good look at it. I'm actually going to get rid of putting, put putting down at the bottom to customize. It's a little bit easier to read for myself when I go through it, that I can have the two putting stats directly next to each other so reweight that in at 10 percent we'll run it so you see the numbers like this week at a no cut event like i hate no cut events to begin with i i really don't like how we get these like super events with this new pga season and like yeah everyone did show up to play here like i it's all these guys hate live so much and all they want to do is play in no cut events I know. Like, yeah, I don't love them either. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes when we spend so much time handicapping, part of our think our leg up over time will be understanding who just doesn't fit here and who won't even be around. And like, you know, I was talking about I bet see Heath last week. If there's a cut, see he doesn't see Saturday to go, you know, seven under. Um, so it was probably just a bad play. So yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a big you know small field, no cut event guy either, but at least this one's loaded, so it should be at least fun to watch. All right, so I, I've pulled up the numbers. They, they've run the numbers for themselves. Again, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself the 20% off. Run your own numbers on this. So of the very top guys, it's funny because like Rom is slipping a little bit and so is Matthew Fitzpatrick and Sam Burns. They're like the worst of the top end, Rory being the best, JT, Scheffler, one, two, three, home of four, Sungjae number five, as you can see on the screen right now. Uh, that's over the past 50 rounds as well. We could shrink that down, but this doesn't include... Rom, who just won in Spain against like a bunch of jabronis, but he still won. Fitzpatrick just won in Italy, didn't he? Yep. So yeah, the guys that are lagging a little bit are actually still playing pretty well in terms of recent form. Yeah, I mean, wins are wins, right? We don't want to give Rom any credit for Mexico and no one wants to give him any credit for Spain. So you'd rather see him not lose in those fields, right? Because then what would we do to him then? So <laughs> uh, you want to give him credit for, you know, going out there and winning. So 
Uh, interested to see, like, Burns really hasn't been great, even, like, to, towards the tail end of the stretch of, of last season. Obviously, we're in the Southeast. We feel pretty good about Burns on Bermuda. Feel pretty good about Burns where, you know, distance matters, too. Played okay at the President's Cup, but that's also part of it, too, right? We, we're also piecing together really scattered form um, because these guys just haven't played much. It's really hard to gather anything from the president's cup because it is such a different format. Um, so it's, that's kind of the hardest part of handicapping these things too, is we just, we are in the middle of the season where we're like, we've seen these guys in like four out of the last five weeks, or we know how they play here. So like, there's so many different elements that make, I think these events even harder to handicap. The best cheap guy right now, long-term is Mito who I believe blew up at the Zozo over the weekend, didn't he? I bet. Yeah, I bet Mito. And he like just great round one. And I think he just went in the can in round two. I think it was like six over or something like that at some point. And yeah, no one else was doing that on the whole, on the day too. So it wasn't anything with, it was lift clean in place. So, I mean, you, you got to be able to do something on lift clean in place, uh, but Mito could not. Decent weekend, got himself back in the mix, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, he was fourth at the Shriners, gained almost 10 strokes on approach. You, like, yeah. As you can see, like the last three events, and I assume we're not going to have strokes gained for the Zozo because it doesn't work that way. But it's probably four events in a row he's lost off the tee. Doesn't feel like he can get away with that here, which is strange because he was so good off the tee from, hell, Honda all the way through basically like the Travelers right before the Open Championship. I don't Until know what the 18th on Sunday at Southern Hills, I think is just maybe kind of lingering. I guess so, yeah. Putting putting it there when you should win the PGA Championship, this is how it goes, I guess. But of like the cheap guys on DraftKings, Mito at seventy six, Aaron Wise at seventy eight. Oh, can we consider this a coastal course for Aaron Wise? Man, Pat, like you don't need a lot for me to get to Aaron Wise. I am. Uh, it's uh, maybe DraftKings. I don't know that he's going to win this event. I think we're close. I don't know how close this is to the coastal courses, but. Uh, it's close enough. You want to tell yourself a story. He's been so good. Tita green. Uh, just, there's always one round where he just can't really put it together and leaves himself on the outside looking in, but uh, his number, I haven't looked at DraftKings pricing, just been in the betting market so far, but fifties, 45 on DraftKings Sportsbook. It's just guys. I'd rather go a little bit up the board a little bit. I think that could actual actually win this event. So he's 78 on DraftKings. Munoz is 73. <sighs> It's funny, although like you talk about how this is sort of like a bomber's course, like do we just keep betting Grio until maybe he wins? Yeah, last week was the first time in a couple that I haven't bet him. Um, we know the ride can be really up and down on the greens, but like, he's been the driver is almost a weapon for him at this point. He'd be so good to the green. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate it. 70 on DraftKings to bet Grillo here. I think he's probably a really good look on, on DraftKings in, in DFS. So, yeah, I don't hate it at all. Kind of those guys that are down there, like Killer Keith, maybe. I mean, this is, you know, Keith Mitchell, Southeast, driving distance too. He's kind of in that same bucket of guys that I'd consider. Yeah, you, Grillo, I don't know how his, he ended up going fourth at Zozo last week. So, I assume he putted well, but that's like nine consecutive events where he's gained on the greens. Like, I don't quite know how this happened. Right. Where did this come from? Like he was just an absolute mess for, we, I barely even talked about him for six months to a year because he just really was never in contention. We knew that he could probably pop in some long-term form stuff on approach. Uh, but that was really about it. But yeah, he's, he's loving the swing season. He really, it was nice actually to the tail end of the, the regular season too. So may as well ride it. Another guy that's kind of in that bucket for me is Cam Davis who surprised us. I think when we went over to, uh, where is he? Sea Island or, um, oh no, he came to second in Jordan, didn't he? At um, Harbortown, 
which is not something you would think of as a Cam Davis course. And Cam Davis played really well in the President's Cup, like drove it really well. Um, I think really nice at either Sanderson or the Fortnite. I can't think of which one, but so, you know, decent form towards the tail end of the year too. I, I think he's probably another guy that's kind of down in that range that just is interesting to me too. Rates out number 21 over the past 50 rounds. Yeah, the Shriners, Fortnite didn't really do much at either one of those two. I like him at the shorter courses, weirdly enough. Like you see a top 10 at John Deere, top 10 at Colonial, top 10 at Heritage. He might just be one of those guys where, yeah, he has all the distance in the world, but when you get him at a course where it's a lot shorter and that might mean a lot more if you can keep it a bit straight or you know, improve your accuracy so much by clubbing down. Those seem to be the kind of courses where it's kind of his jam. This isn't one of those. It's like Gary Woodland maybe, right? Yeah. So like Woodland has the distance, but we kind of like Woodland a little bit more when he can club down, use the stinger and some of those things. So yeah, maybe you're onto something. Uh, so Sam Burns and yeah, 93. So he's kind of like the worst of the top end guys. Gary Woodland does rate out really well. I feel like I've been like playing Woodland, you know, like it, it just keeps missing cuts. And so he's always right there. Yeah. Cause you see his approach numbers are really good. His putter has been absolutely God awful. Two rounds, yeah. six strokes lost. And then back in the playoffs, five strokes over four rounds. It does seem like the approach game is back, though. And that's good. And the driving has been back. Maybe it's a time to get on Gary. Yeah, well, maybe we just talked ourselves out of it, too, because this is, I think, something that we think is a long course, right? So Yeah, but it's, um, di- it's different when someone like Cam Davis. What is Cam Davis? Cam Davis is 7500 Gary Woodland, 6400 bucks on DraftKings. Yeah, no, that's different. For sure. Yeah, I haven't looked at DK pricing, but uh, yeah, that's totally, totally different conversation for sure. Yeah, Kitty Amon, Mitchell, 72 and 71, Russell Henley. It's bad when the stats don't love Russell Henley. You know he's going bad at that point. <laughs> that's, that's not a good thing. Yeah, we can't get Russell Henley popping because the approach game is, is on fire. Then, uh, yeah, this is not the place to go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I want to jump to the betting market for a second. Uh, Rory's the favorite, uh, obviously. Guy's playing great golf. I think he's a top 10 in like every event that he's played uh, over the past little bit. So you got like Rory, Rom, Scheffler, Homa, JT, Sungjae, Fitzpatrick. They're all under 20 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Then you have Lowry, Spieth, Hovland. Hovland seemed like he was going really good in Zozo. And then all of a sudden, I didn't see him on the leaderboard anymore. So you have him at 28, along with Tom Kim, Sam Burns, 
Cam Young, Morikawa, then to Hatton. And then you're up to like Hideki at 40, Montgomery at 45, Keegan, who just won at 45, Horschel at 45, Aaron Wise at 45. Then there's another big drop down to McNeely, Bezadenhout. Connors is coming in at 65. Probably not great that it's gigantic greens and you can't three putt. But Morikawa, I mean, am I just stupid for looking at Morikawa's number, like 28 to one and being like, yeah, it's probably a blind bet. Yeah, I think there were some concerns that he had stated coming into the Zozo that he hadn't been really playing at all. So, um, but then put it together, actually had a nice little weekend there and got himself in contention. Same thing, actually, the same number. I bet Holland this morning, because I think uh, same premise, played pretty well. Again, we won't be able to dial into the specifics because we won't get all the strokes gain data, but I like Holland there too. Is It was a guy that just at 28 for a little while there was a blind bet too. So like, I have no problem with someone just feeling like, Hey, we're kind of pushing 30 on Hovland and Morikawa. We know that like distance can matter, but just at the end of the day, ball striking is going to reign supreme no matter where you are. And I still think he calls what 23, 25. He's still going to be that guy that I think we all thought he was just a little rock in the road there last year. So yeah, I think there's sometimes that these guys just approach bad numbers and they become, auto bets so yeah i know colin's a guy that you have no problem going back to the well on no yeah it, it's tough for me like i the my initial gut when i look at this is like hovland morikawa hatton and that's it like just call that my card yeah uh mine is very similar I, i'm a max homa guy homa is i think off market at some places he's not 16 everywhere so i get 16 probably a little bit of a stretch i don't know that he necessarily belongs up there, but there were thirties out there this morning that popped. So I went Hovland, Homa and Burns just thinking like my long-term Burns form is fine. I know he hasn't been great. Again, distance, Bermuda, all those things, but putting, you know, being able to avoid the three putts. Those are kind of the top of the board guys for me. I love to get up to JT, Rory, Rom, but just really hard to pay single digits in a you know pretty loaded no cut event. Yeah. That that's sort of the problem here. Like, Maybe you're, I guess Xander isn't playing, but Xander was always the ultimate for these being like, oh yeah, he had a bad Friday. Nah, it doesn't matter. He gets an automatic Saturday and Sunday to go shoot right. 63. But like Steele was pretty good. Like looking at the shorter term numbers past 24 rounds, Steele and Cam Davis both vault up inside the top five after Rory Sungjae, Justin Thomas, and Scheffler. There was a thing for a while where it would just be like, hey, Sungjae's on Bermuda. Let's play him. I know I don't hate it. There's nothing to look at Sanjay's recent form, even towards the tail end of last year, and to think that he's not a great fit here. So I can understand, I guess, what is your thought around the travel piece? Is there anyone, like, are you willing to bet the guys that played last week? Do you think there's anything to that? I mean, these guys are flying PJs and they're doing fine. Like, I can't imagine there's anything to that. But you are going from Japan to the East Coast. It's not like it's a you know, again, you're, what are you tell You're tacking on five hours. If they were to say play in California this week, is there anything to that where you just want to kind of cross off guys that went to Japan last week? I, I don't feel that way ever. Okay. And I, I feel I like, either. It, I feel like it's an advantage. Now I don't know one way or another, whether it does affect players, doesn't affect players. I'm sure someone has the numbers on that. I've just never seen them. And I do think that there's this like overwhelming narrative that, guys that oh you can't play this guy playing in europe next week because he just played in the states like does that really matter like you said they're flying private it's gonna be absolutely fine like if you can get yourself they still have days to get themselves acclimated to the time zone they're, they're playing golf they're they're young people if they do the pat right. mayo tip 
uh, the moment they get off the plane that they just go lift as much as they can, as heavy as they can for as long as they can really gets rid of your jet lag pretty immediately. I didn't know you were pushing weight. What are we, what are we doing? You're just, just benching. You're just trying to max out. Just gets the blood flowing. Oh, when I get off a plane. Well, I mean, it's tough to max out because you go to the hotel and they only have so much weight that you can actually lift in those kind of gyms. Some, some places you go to have absolutely fantastic facilities. Most don't, but like, that's usually my move in Vegas. Like I'm at elevation all of a sudden, like way above where I live. Cause I live basically at sea level and then it's still Jeez, it's like a six hour flight. You're up in the air. So you just have to like, you have to sweat it out a little bit. And I find that I can get a good sweat going if I'm just lifting, like I said, as much as possible. And most of those places don't have bench presses. So it's a lot of like free weights, a lot of like split squats, that kind of thing. Just try to like shrug as much as you can. And I do find I feel so much better afterwards and I experience no jet lag. Probably better than you going for a run in altitude so yeah it's interesting so it's just it's not necessarily the weights per se it's just you want to get a good a good sweat a good calorie burn get everything going well i i don't know i i mean there's something new because i used to get off the plane and just go run right away i feel like running is better getting onto the plane guy because then you're not carrying as much water weight with you once you get up into the air and that can make you really tired because i just felt like even because i used to do that when i would go to vegas a lot was just go for a run, like run for half an hour the moment that I get to the hotel before I go do anything. And I, I there was something with it. Like I would just get so tired by the time it was done that you know, it didn't really shake off the jet lag. I do find like running versus lifting. When I lift, I have so much more energy afterwards. Whereas like I'm pretty gassed if I go for a run. <laughs> and I can imagine even the sea level difference, you're getting that desert heat that is probably very different than Canada, no matter what time of year you're going. So yeah, I haven't heard this. I haven't heard this theory before, but I, it makes sense. It's something that I need to go, to do next time I go to Vegas because I was a moron. And last time I went, decided I want to play some golf courses out here. So even though it was September, I'm like, hey, I'm in Chicago. We're losing the season. I'm going to take my sticks to Vegas and go golf. And it was a unmitigated disaster to play in like 105 degree heat. And uh, yeah, that I probably won't ever do again. So maybe I need to do the, uh, the gym thing instead. Wow. So you see, I love playing in like over a hundred degree heat. That is my absolute favorite time to play golf. It gives me such an advantage. I don't get super like, obviously it's hot, but some people like wither in the heat. Like I played last week. And I think it was like 55 degrees and it was kind of raining and I, I just didn't want to play anymore. I was like, this is too cold. I don't like this. I need this to be too cold to go way hot. Well, it's just because it's so damn like it was pouring rain, yeah. which I, I don't enjoy anyway. And it was a bit windy and it started getting down in temperature. I was like, I, I hate this. Like, this is not fun for me anymore. And I you play golf to have fun. Much rather have the 100 degree heat than the 50 and soggy with wind and like in October and then you're fucking freezing. Yeah, our third from our uh, our prop show for four for four, uh, Connor Allen played golf with me in this round and made it all, a whopping six holes before uh, throwing up and retiring to the clubhouse for the day to uh, let me uh, do my best to get out there and finish. So he withered. Um, I maintained it because I was pot committed. I, you know, I'm playing these golf courses. I flew these clubs out here. We're doing this thing. Uh, Connor not is in love with the game as I am, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he spent the rest of the day in the very nicely air conditioned clubhouse and uh, had himself some food. So uh, it's not for everyone. No, the last time I was there in February, Rick and I played TPC Summerlin actually on like nice. the windiest day of the year. It was insane. Like I was like, is it normally this windy at this course and like this cold at this course? They're like, no, this is an extreme outlier. And I most definitely did not bring, I, at least you can fly direct 
from Chicago to Vegas. When I lived in Toronto, it wasn't that big of a deal. Now that I live in Halifax, I have to connect in either Montreal or Toronto to get to Vegas. And the, the moment that you add a connection in anywhere, just no need to bring your clubs because they're not making it. No, I know. That's that was I went to actually to South Carolina in March, and that was my biggest thing. They actually bumped my flight up. My original flight, I was I was just convinced there's no chance I'm playing with my clubs. And I'm a lefty, too, so it's not super easy to just, like, walk into the clubhouse and be like, what's on the rack? Um, I got super lucky. I don't know why. Um, the first thing that came off of the belt were my clubs when I finally made it to uh, Hilton Head. So I got lucky. I don't want to press that luck ever again. All right. Well, it's, I, I, as you mentioned, that we do a NFL prop show on the 444 YouTube channel every single Friday live at 2 p.m. Eastern time. If people want to tune into that, I believe I am 10 and 2 over the past three weeks. So if you're tuning in now, you're probably going to get like a huge cold streak. I'm on, it's funny because I'm on a huge like sides and totals cold streak, but my props are just nailing. But earlier in the year, my props were horrible and my sides and totals were winning every single week. So you, you can never have both, can you? You can't. No, you've been crushing. Uh, you've been, you know, going off the board with some, you know, Cooper Rush rushing unders, which has been fantastic. I think as a collective unit, the three of us went, I think we were like 10 and two last week. I've gave out some bonus tackle props. Those hit as well. Uh, there's one more on the board for tonight uh, for the uh, Monday night football game. Oh, what, for, what is it? What, what, what is Alex, it? Alex Singleton, uh, linebacker for the, uh, the Broncos, filling in for Josie Jewell, who is their typical linebacker. Uh, yeah, Singleton, former Philadelphia Eagle, former Canadian football leaguer, actually. He sounds good. Um, yeah, gets a lot of tackles. Got a nose for the football uh, over eight and a half. I think it like even plus plus 100 plus 105 in some spots. So yeah, eight and a half tackles. Let's see, eight and a half tackles. Where do I find that? That's on, is that on DST props? Yeah, DST. And then typically they take you to sacks to click over to, yeah. to tackles and assists, tackles and assists. Tackles um, and assists. So tackles and assists, eight and a half minus 110 at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You say there's better numbers out there? There are better numbers out there. All right. So yeah. you shop around. You can still play the over eight and a half and maybe you can play pay a plus 105 instead of minus 110. And always be something huge to look for. Let's go back to the CJ Cup. Should we take a look at Fitz? Like DraftKings wise, I assume he's not going to be very popular. Betting wise, I assume that he's not going to be very popular. It's kind of strange. Like all of the Euro guys that couldn't come through for us all year have basically won on this weird Euro swing. Lowry and Fitz and Rom all, all collect the dubs. And yeah, you know, we've been betting them all year stateside and they couldn't do shit. And I bet almost every time I bet Lowry, it was like a Fitz course too. So like I had so many weeks where like my top two plays on the board were, were both. And then I went like bombs for, for uh, everyone else to fill out the card. So yeah, I mean, good for them. Cause they've been like right there. I mean, obviously Fitz got the big one there in, in, uh, in Boston, but uh, yeah, I mean, we got to give him credit for everything, right? It was just, he could do it all. The putter could get red hot. So it was never a guy that I would typically play because I feel like some of those magic bean stuff with like what we see with Jordan at times Fitz was kind of that guy. And now all of a sudden, both of those guys have added a ton of distance. You know, the approach game, especially on Fitz's side is, is so consistent. So yeah, I have no problem going to Fitz. Was he 24? I think on DraftKings. I think that's probably a, a fairly nice play because I do think he's kind of in that upper echelon guys, but you're not in the 16 or 14 range where you're having to pay for JT. Um, so yeah, I have no problem with Fitz. I think he's a really nice bet. He's gone from 24 to 18 already. I was actually just kind of okay. looking at, I was just kind of cruising around on Speed's page here. 
if this does become an event, I, obviously the driver was really, it's a lot like Mito in a weird way. Like the driver was really good and then it kind of went away, but the approach play has still been fine. And then even to talk about President's Cup, like he, he actually kind of was the best guy at the President's Cup. He won all five of his matches, but just watching him because he was doing speed things. It's like, oh, 45 feet per par, make it. Oh, great. I, I didn't have any money on speed this time around. But you know, we're in South Carolina. It's a longer course. But I think we just kind of saw that you don't need and like the average driving distance is over 300 yards. So even some of the guys that aren't super long are going to get extra rollout on their ball. And if it does become a thing where you're in the waste bunkers all the time, as long as his approach and his putting is fine, I don't see why Spieth can't compete here. Who would we expect to do well out of just like random, you know, waste and dirt outside of, you know, the fairways? Like it's Spieth. And we talked about at the top where we have these short grass runoffs around the group. Uh, around the green stuff and scrambling matter. I'm like, that is Jordan. We think we're going to need, you know, some, some bomb putting performances. Like, yeah, I know sometimes it can get really wonky inside of five feet, but like, if you need a guy that's going to bury a couple of 45 footers, like he has some of these things, they're really hard to have them show up when we run models. Um, but that's kind of the, the magic of Jordan. It just, it's there. You just kind of have to know if everything else is going well, like you said, if the approach game is playing well, the form has been great. Some of the other ancillary pieces that aren't always going to pop in a model are advantages for speed. It just, we have enough of a history here, almost a decade of him being able to do these types of things. So yeah, he was a guy that I gave a very long look to this morning. He won again, he won in Harbor town in South Carolina. So um, not, this is a guy that we need to have like regional bias for, <laughs> or even course bias for, but you know, it's a, it's a box to check in our favor. All right, so let's try to finalize what we're doing here. I, I'll have my final bets Tuesday evening in the Mayo Media newsletter. You can sub for free down in the description. Also has the spread picks link in it as well, a day early if you want to check out the spread pick show with Feinberg and Cust and myself. So I think I'm going to narrow it down to these four unless I can be sold in a different direction. I'm going to shop around for the odds on this. Spieth, Hovland, Morikawa, Hatton. I think those were like my initial leans coming into the week as we've talked through a little bit. I'm a bit less bullish on this bomber narrative than you are. I think I'd really want to stick to approach above all if people can drive it. Even better, a nice, nice to add on to it. I'll even give Grio a look too. What's Grio at? Grio is 70 to one. I bet you can find him deeper than that down the board somewhere else. If I can find him close to 100, I might bet him too. Yeah, I don't hate Grio. I mean, look at long par four scoring over the last uh, 50 rounds or so. He's been outstanding, kind of to our point at the top. So no problem going with Grillo. I'm, I'm on Burns, Hovland, and Homa in that kind of top group. And uh, Cam Davis was out there at 80 to one uh, early on Monday it's a morning. Good number. So I took a, yeah, I thought that was a good number too. There was 60s out there too. I think he's down to 70 on DraftKings. So yeah, Cam Davis is uh, the guy that, that I like kind of a little bit further down. There's some other guys like, Again, if the bomber thing plays out, like a Trey Mullinex was interesting to me, but like, do I think Trey Mullinex is winning a 78 man, no cut event with a fairly loaded field? I don't. So like from a DraftKings perspective, maybe that's a guy that could be uh, worth a look. As you mentioned, Woodland down the board is playing nice. I think those are probably some good looks a little bit deeper. Yeah. Keith Mitchell, I, Brendan Steele popped yeah. up in the first round of the Zozo, but I assume he missed every putt the rest of the week. And that's why we didn't see him. I mean, I don't even need to watch. I don't really need to watch the broadcast and know what happened with him, but Keegan just won again, although his putting had been vastly improved over the course of the past year. And then he gets the win. It was, was the tournament like it was in like Northeast Japan. Is that why he ended up winning? 
I don't know where it was in Japan, but uh, yeah, I mean, Steele and Keegan, had, you know, we had barely played there before, but Brandon Steele and Keegan had, had popped there in, in short form previously. So yeah, you're right on with, with Brandon Steele. He dunked one on 18 on Sunday or on 17, I think on Sunday to, to give himself the first round leader uh, and then was just not heard from again. So yeah, ball striking is still going to pop for running anything Brandon Steele wise similar to what we saw for Keegan for five years, but Keegan's learned how to putt a little bit. So yeah, the same story for Brandon Steele. All right, that will do it on the Pat Mayo experience for the CJ cup. A reminder to check out fantasy golf degenerates with Tambo and Kenny Monday evening. They'll go tier by tier for the more enhanced breakdown of the DraftKings board. I want to talk to Noonan, just get a feel for this event to see where I want to go. The final bets will be in the newsletter on Tuesday. The listeners link for football is down in the description. You get first shot at it. So check that out as well. Smash the like and go to fantasynational.com slash Mayo to get yourself 20% off. For Ryan, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.